Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Double O Maddie D. And Kieran, did MI6 start the COVID virus? I think they did. I think they did too. Well, if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to the show because that is kind of a spoiler. Yeah, in a very loose way, I suppose. Because what we do on this show is we look at all the promotional material for an upcoming Hollywood blockbuster and then we attempt to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible. Mm. But we're not quite doing that this week. We're going back and we're looking at a movie that we've covered in the past and seeing how close our plot predictions were to the actual movie. And very much back in the past because this movie was supposed to come out ages ago. I think this movie was supposed to come out April 2020, Mm -hmm. if not late 2019. No, I think it was April 2020 because that's when the first big promotional push came out. They had the Heineken beers with James Bond's picture on them. That's right. Because I always buy those. Whenever I see like the Heinekens with like 007 on them, I'm like, oh, I've got to get those. When was James Bond a Heineken drinker, by the way? Uh, only in the last 15 years. When Heineken bought, well, <laughs> paid for them to I get some ad. He does drink, Daniel Craig does drink Heineken in the movies very rarely. Like he does do it occasionally. But James Bond just overall isn't really a beer drinker. You very rarely see him drinking beer unless it is a sponsor. But yeah, Heineken's been a sponsor since I think about 2006. So that's why. <laughs> That's why if you really wanted to know. Again, I'm not reading this off anything. This is just off the top of my head. Because if it wasn't obvious already, this week we're talking about how well we did in predicting No Time to Die, which is the latest and final installment of the Daniel Craig James Bond uh, sextilogy. What, what do you call a group of five movies? Series? Series is a great term. Franchise? Series? I wouldn't I say know. franchise. I would just say series. But yeah, it's the last one for Daniel Craig, and we wondered if it would, you know, be open for him to return in other movies, but we'll discuss it. We'll discuss it. So, I just want to point out as well, if you haven't seen No Time to Die yet, for us Australians, it's still playing in the cinemas. Everywhere else in the world, it's available for rental, so you can watch it right now, no matter where you are. But if you haven't seen the movie yet, please, I beg you, go and watch it first, because we have lots and lots of spoilers for you this week. Yes. And if you haven't listened to our original No Time to Die plot prediction either, I'd strongly suggest going back and listening to that first because we're just going to relate what we said to what happens in the movie rather than going over the plot of the movie beat by beat. So it may be a little confusing if you're not familiar with what we said last time. So you don't get to cheat. You don't get to miss out on the original episode or miss out on watching the movie. You don't get to do that. I know the runtime of that original episode may be a little intimidating since it's the longest episode we've ever recorded, but... It's nothing compared to the runtime of the movie, which is a little bit longer. Mm. But mind you, just, to, you know, I suppose early preview. I'd, I've seen the movie twice now. Did not feel the length of the movie either time. In fact, the second time felt shorter to me. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, there was a point in the movie, I'll, I'll probably say this, I'll go into more detail when we talk about our feelings on the movie. But there was a point where we're in like the, the location at the end. And the second time I was watching the movie, I'm like, oh, shit, are we here already? We're at the end of the movie already. And I was like looking at my watch going like, oh, my God, that's, that's a good sign. By. But there we go. So before we get into how well we did Manny D, would you care to explain our point system? Yeah, absolutely. I can explain it. Um, so essentially, if we call. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I'm gonna, I'm, let's put the brakes on this for a second. I just want to point this out just because it's an audio podcast mm-hmm. and we, ha- we don't have a visual element. I yes. just want to point out as well that Manny D came to the studio today yes. dressed in a suit. Yeah. To celebrate the occasion. I mean, I wasn't dressed up at all. I'm just wearing <laughs> jeans and a t-shirt, but I felt incredibly underdressed and I was like, why is Matty D wearing a suit? I thought he had somewhere to be. I thought he had like, like a job interview after the recording or something like that. But no, it's, he just says, I'm, I'm dressed for James Bond. Yes. 
Yes, that's that's it. No one will ever see. No, no. one will ever know except you. But yes, I'm wearing a suit. I like to think you did it for my benefit. I did I did do it for your benefit. Of course. Um, you know, it's James Bond episode. You've got to dress up for James Bond episode. I think it's given me an edge as well, you know, like I can really get into the into the mode of it. Yeah, I suppose so. So I'll explain the point system yeah, please do. with that edge. So essentially, if we call something in the movie that there was no evidence for. That, mm-hmm. You know, we just pulled it out of thin air and it happened miraculously on the screen. We get two points. And of course, we're giving each other the points because that's fair. That's right. We're reviewing each other's predictions. Now, if we notice something in the trailer and describe it exactly as it appears in the movie, well, that's worth a point too, but not as many. So that's one point. Yeah. And if we're kind of... <laughs> If we kind of got something, I'm not even going to try the Conroy impression, never mind. We're, oh, that we're was bailing. supposed to be Sean Connery, we're, wasn't it? We're bailing that one. Uh, but if we call something a little close to the mark. I thought it was Tom Hardy and Venom. <laughs> yeah, could be, could be. Could be the next James Bond, Tom Holland. Do you, have you heard that? Tom Holland. Yep. He's, he's, oh, actually. People want him to be child James Bond. James Bond. <laughs> That'd be great. James Bond Jr. <laughs> well, that was a TV series. Yeah, right? that's right. We talked about it. So, if we call something... Well, if we don't really call something, if we make a guess that's kind of on the right track, it's not really what happened, yeah. but it's, it's kind of close-ish, deserves a mention, that's half mm-hmm. a point. And of course, if we get something wrong, it's zero. So... Goes without saying. We calculate all these points, we make a whole tally, we compare our plots against each other of how yep. many points we got and we can determine if we did well, if we did poorly, but most importantly, who did better. That's right. And we're going to find out definitively who nailed the new James Bond movie this episode. I think it could be neck and neck. Who knows? Who knows? I'm going to take this jacket off because it's fucking hot. <laughs> My God, this was a bad idea. <laughs> Happy birthday, by the way, Kieran. Oh, thank you very much. I forgot that I mentioned last week that it's my birthday it's today. It's your birthday today. On the day of this recording. So by the time the episode comes out, it'll be a week later. But yeah, on the day of this recording, it's my birthday. But yeah, who could ask for a better birthday? Sitting around recording a podcast with Maddie D. With Maddie D, yeah. Talking about my favorite film franchise of all time. It was like it was meant to be. And yeah, I suppose uh, we should get it out of the way straight away and see who got closer to the, the finished product. So Maddie D went first in that original episode. So I'm going to cover everything that Maddie D predicted. So I'm so excited, Kieran. I'm so oh. excited for. For a lot of things. Uh, I am very, very excited to have this conversation. Let's get straight into yeah. it. So you said straight away that a big theme of the movie is that James Bond, Daniel Craig's James Bond, is a relic of the past and is a cowboy not ready for the modern world. You were playing Red Dead Redemption <laughs> 2 at the time. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I really like this arc. I'm going to pretend I haven't seen it before in several other James Bond movies and think that they're just going to recycle it here. Now, that's not really the theme of this movie. That's something they did pretty well in Skyfall and as I mentioned last time never say never again but it's not really a theme that they explored in this specific movie no I don't think it was and you're in agreement there yeah you said that the movie will open where we left off with James driving off with Madeline Swan. I gave you a point for that because the movie actually starts with a flashback with young Madeline Swan. we see a scene that they described in Spectre come to life but it's attached to the opening where we pick up where we left off last time with James and Madeline Mm-hmm. driving through the Italian countryside to an orchestral version of uh, We Have All the Time in the World, directly referencing On Her Majesty's Secret Service. I don't really? know if you didn't notice that. Did not notice it, no. You said that the two end up in Budapest. It's actually <laughs> Italy. So no points there. You do actually change your mind later on, but you don't change it for the right. You said that James and Madeline are happy and in love for now. Gave you a point for that as well, because that's correct. Mm. You said that after a few scenes of romance and scenery porn, Swan mysteriously leaves her bed. Now, I gave you a point and a half for that because there's plenty of romance and this movie is easily one of the best looking James Bond movies of all time. Amazing cinematography, amazing looking landscapes and scenes, but it's not Madeline who leaves the bed mysteriously. 
It's actually James Bond who gets up and leaves the bed first thing in the morning, almost mysteriously. We know where he's going. And I think she knows where he's going That's too, right. right? So I only gave you half a point for that little assessment, but I gave you a point for lots of romance, lots of great looking scenery. Thanks, sir. You said that Bond goes after Madeline, but he's attacked by a mysterious goon. That sort of happens. I gave you a point for that. It was in the trailer, so we knew it was coming. Mm. Now, we don't actually mention Primo the goon at all. So, in the actual movie, there's a goon called Primo who's all throughout the movie. He's got a robotic eye. They call him Cyclops. Yeah, they call him Cyclops, but his real name is Primo. He has a robotic eye that links up directly with Blofeld's robotic eye. That was hilarious. Yeah. And uh, it took me two watchings to work out how exactly that worked. I didn't get the first time that it was directly linked to Blofeld. So, when they showed Blofeld sitting in his cell, like, rambling, I thought, oh, he's actually insane. I didn't realize that he was just talking directly to Primo the whole time with his robotic eye. Oh, okay. Because I, I got that, you know, the robot, the eye was like robotic and it was connecting with Blofeld. But I was like, how is Blofeld, you know, communicating with them? Surely they'd pick up on it. But I guess the, he's rambling like a madman in there. Yeah, he is. So there's like a microphone in it as well, presumably. Uh-huh. And they can hear like through earpieces, I guess, what he's saying or la- uh, later on in the movie, a, a speaker system. But whatever. We'll go back to what you said. None of that happens in your plot. You said that Bond finds Madeline, who is confused, and they narrowly dodge a sniper's bullet. Gave you a point and a half for that as well, because Bond does find Madeline, who is confused, so a point there. And they are shot at by several different guns. Not by a sniper, But though. not by a sniper. No. So I only gave you half a point for that. You said that Bond and Madeline flee via Aston Martin, and they have a car chase. I gave you a point for that, because they do. Cool. It's in the trailer, though. And you said that Bond is mad at Madeline, since he thinks she gave away their location. I gave you a point for that as well, because, again, it was suggested in the trailer. Now, it is around this point in your plot as well that you change your mind about the location and you say it's actually in the location where we had the bike chase in Gemini Man, which was in Guatemala. Oh, okay. So, you're still wrong there. You you actually said, oh, no, I actually had it down as Italy, which would have been correct. Damn it. But then you said, no, 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 actually, no, it's in the same location as the, the bike chase in Gemini Man. It does look like that area, though. It does not look like that at all, I since that so. was flat and by the ocean, where this was up in the mountains. <laughs> It was by the ocean, though. It was by the ocean, but did not look the same at all. It wasn't even the same part of the world. So I only gave you zero points for that. <laughs> you said that Bond's car is thrown off a cliff during the car chase and Bond escapes out the window, believing Madeline to be dead. This doesn't happen at all. No. There's a lot of car flipping in this movie. My God. Yes. There's a lot of car that's flipping, a standard, but not here. That's the standard of Bond movies and Daniel Craig movies specifically. They actually won a world record in Casino Royale for the most car flips in a movie. Really? You said that Bond lands by the ocean where he takes a speedboat and flees to safety. This doesn't happen at all either. He just sort of vanishes mysteriously. Mm, he does. You said that Bond shoots the motorcycle attacker off a bridge. So as he's leaving on his speedboat, he turns around with his gun and like a handgun and shoots up at the bridge and hits the the bicycle attacker, which instigates the opening title. So the bicycle attacker tumbles off the bridge and lands in the water. You obviously had Skyfall on your mind and just copied that, but that doesn't happen at all. No. Now, I did press you. You wanted to skip talking about the opening titles, but I pressed you into thinking, into theorizing what might happen during the opening titles. And then you said that the opening titles will contain women, Bond with a gun, and we'll see bullets going in slow motion and scenes from James Bond's past. That was your main prediction. You said, oh, it will be like a best of Bond. We'll see a lot of Bond's adventures in the past. Yeah, it just does not happen. That does not happen at all. And there's no women in it either, if you didn't notice. Unless there's you count, none. Unless yeah. you count statue women. So the Daniel Craig opening titles do not have sexy women in it. It's just something, it's just a part of modern Bond. They've taken away the whole you know, sexualization of women aspect. Really? From the titles, yeah. I thought there was in Quantum of Solace, but I guess not. Yeah, a little bit, but not quite the same. They're sexy sand dunes. 
you could take it either way. If you like those sand dunes. Yeah. If you like Quantum of Solace, you'll be the only one. <laughs> That's me you're talking about. <laughs> now, we do actually see bullets going in slow motion. Interestingly enough, forming DNA strands, which is actually something I predicted you during this about- conversation. I joked about yeah. it. Now, I, I gave you half a point for that because the bullets going in slow motion forming the DNA strands is close to what you said. You said we'll see bullets going in slow motion. So that's close enough. Half a point there. Thanks. But your assessment of the opening was not wrong. It was just wrong. It was not particularly accurate. <laughs> it was just wrong. Now you said that five years will pass. I gave you a point for that because on the screen it tells us that five years passed. That's absolutely right. Nice. And you said that we'll see an unknown MI6 agent observing some diplomats at a party when suddenly a group of masked men burst in, guns blazing. I gave you half a point for this because this doesn't really happen, but it's close enough to the heist at the start of the movie where Voldo the scientist gets kidnapped and it's close enough to the Spectre party as well. So the elements are there, but it's just not quite accurate. Not so quite. It doesn't happen at this half time. Half a point. And also we called him Waldo through our whole plot, yes. not Voldo. Yeah, well, it's close enough. You said that a man in a geisha mask will pull out a remote and detonating it, causing one of the diplomats at the party to be eaten away from the inside by nanobots. I gave you... Two points for that, because that's basically exactly what happens at the Spectre Party, and we will get into how close you are with these nanobots as we go. I am absolutely amazed with these nanobots and have been looking forward to having this conversation. Oh, Let boy. me tell you. I've been dropping hints to Matty D so hard ever since I saw the movie. I'm like, Matty D, you just you wait until you listen back to that episode. Just you wait. Obviously, the writers watch Secret Agent Cody Banks. Now, let me get into that, because at the time I said that this is exactly the same as Secret Agent Cody Banks, but I was wrong. I went back and I rewatched Secret Agent Cody Banks, and the movie that I described in the last episode is not accurate at all. So, in Agent Cody Banks, there is nanobots that are designed to eat up oil spills, and the bad guys use them to eat through, like, metal and other materials, but they don't use them to kill people. That's not accurate at all. Oh, okay. At the end of the movie, Ian McShane is killed because he gets an ice cube full of nanobots shoved into him, and he gets eaten from the inside, but that's the only time that happens. The movie that I was thinking of was the Jackie Chan movie, The Tuxedo. Oh, okay. If you remember that movie where yes. Jackie Chan puts on like a robotic tuxedo I, that I makes him really good at kung fu. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie either. So the plot of that movie is that the bad guys have water that when you drink it, it dehydrates you. So I was mixing up the plot of Agent Cody Banks with the plot of The Tuxedo. So other than this movie, obviously, I thought I was coming up with like a brand new concept. We basically were. And I was. And you were. So I was making fun of you (laughs) being mistaken. (laughs) So I was the idiot in that circumstance because the way that I described Secret Agent Cody Banks was wrong because it's a movie for children. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, why would they have such a graphic plot? So I, I was literally thinking of the tuxedo so the tuxedo and agent cody banks i think they came out the same year i saw them both in cinemas and they were similar enough in my head for me to mix them up so i just wanted to get that out in the open and clear it up so maddie d you were actually closer to the actual movie than you were agent cody banks and also this is something i made up out uh, off the top of my head absolutely we'll get into it we'll definitely get into it because you go into more detail as you go along you said that a gunfight so this is at the party the this mysterious party where we don't know who these people are or why this is happening Uh, In your plot, that is. You said that a gunfight ensues between MI6 and the masked men. Gave you half a point for that because that kind of happens later in the movie. Yeah. You said that the bad guys get away in a helicopter and blow up the building. I gave you half a point for that because when Voldo is captured by Ash in the actual movie, he flies away from the ship Mm -hmm. in a seaplane and blows it up as he leaves. So half a point there for that. And uh, tied into that half a point as well, Safin, at the end of the movie, escapes in a helicopter with Madeline and uh, no spoilers at this stage. Uh, Someone else. Yeah. And so that's close enough to the actual movie. Half a point. 
You said that back at MI6. M says that the enemies are getting more advanced than MI6 themselves. I gave you a point for that because that was in the trailer. And it's actually the whole reason that M developed the Hercules project in the first place. So you were, you were actually well on the money to point that out. You said that Nomi reveals to M that the masked men have ties with Spectre, but they don't specifically work for them. Gave you two points for that because that's absolutely the case. They definitely have ties with Spectre, but definitely don't work yeah. for them. You said that... <laughs> what? What are you laughing at? You said that at this point, Spectre has been dissolved. <laughs> I gave you two points for that. I gave you two red hot solid points for that because they have quite literally been dissolved in this movie. That's great. And that's only because you pressed me. You're like, what about Spectre? And I was just like, oh, they're, they're just not a thing mm. anymore. And I thought that was a stupid theory. <laughs> you said that M tells Money Penny to find Bond since he is the only one who can talk to Blofeld. I gave you half a point for that because that kind of happens later in the movie, but they establish at this point that it's only Madeline who will speak to Blofeld. Sorry, mm. the other way around. Blofeld will only speak to Madeline, not specifically James Bond. Yeah. You said that we cut to Jamaica where we see that James Bond has retired. I gave you a point for that because it's in the trailer. We knew that was going to happen before we went into the movie. And you said that Bond goes to a cool bar where he meets up with CIA agent Felix Leiter. It's a cool bar. Which I gave you a point for because we see that again in the trailer. And it is a very cool bar. I'd love to go there except it seems a bit too noisy for old Kieran. (laughs) Firmly in his 30s, too old for nightclubs. Don't want to go for a dance, Kieran. Oh, maybe. Have some shots. Maybe I'll do that. By the way, you did not know who Felix Leiter was in that original episode. No. Which is still unforgivable because that's like not knowing who Nick Fury is in the MCU. (laughs) But yeah, I get it. You know, not everyone can know who Nick Fury is either, I suppose. You might not have ever heard or seen a Marvel movie before in your life. Like Matty D has never seen or heard of a James Bond movie before (laughs) in his life outside of Skyfall, apparently. (laughs) Now, you said that Felix wants James to help him find an abducted scientist called Faldo. Two points there. Boom. Absolutely on the money. That's exactly what happens, right? That was kind of in the plot description, but we didn't know that Felix was going to give James Bond this assignment. Well, it's not really an assignment. He's just asking for help. Mm. James Bond is basically a mercenary at this point in the actual movie. He's got like a collection of guns and gadgets of his own, and I guess he does odd jobs on the side. But yeah, so Felix is hiring him to help hunt down this... Felix pulls him out of retirement. And we didn't know that going into the movie, so two points there. Well, we we see Felix have a conversation with Bond in the trailer. Yeah, but we don't know what they're talking about. No. You said that one of Felix's CIA agents, Paloma, is currently hunting down Voldo in Hungary, and James needs to go and meet her. Now, I would have given you two points if it wasn't for (laughs) saying that they're in Hungary, so I gave you a point and a half, because you're very close on all those details there, but you chose the wrong country again. Now, it's interesting that you mentioned Hungary, because where did you say that James Bond and Madeleine Swan were uh, on their honeymoon at the start of the movie? Uh, did I say Budapest? You said Budapest, which is the capital city of Hungary. Oh, okay. So the movie just constantly takes place in Hungary in your head. <laughs> oh, dear. You said that intoxicated by the love of the chase, Bond agrees. That's two points there, that's because true. that's absolutely what happens. Mind you, in the actual movie, he's mainly doing it to get back at MI6, because he feels insulted by Nomi. Uh, is that the main reason? That's partially the reason. I thought it was because he was you know, a friend of Felix Leiter, and also he wants to kind of get answers. Yeah, that's partially the reason as well, but he doesn't want Nomi to like get the better of him, so he's doing it out of pride as well. Oh, okay. You said that Bond meets up with Paloma in Hungary, presumably. Uh, who believes that Voldo is at a fancy party. Two points there. That's absolutely the case. And you said that here, Bond also meets cocky ex-Spectre member Logan Ash. I gave you half a point for that. Ex-Spectre member. Because Ash is working for the CIA at this point, but he is secretly working for Safin. Yeah, he's He's not actually working for Spectre, but he is working for Safin. So I gave you half a point because 
he is very well. He's not really cocky. He seems to be like uh, like a goofball at the start, mm. but then he's actually a double agent for Saffin. He's very unassuming. Yes, exactly. You said that while tailing Ash, Bond is distracted by Nomi, who takes Bond back to her apartment to seduce him. Can you imagine that? Like, he's just got the binoculars out and then, like, Nomi just steps in front of him. He's like, hey, hey. Well, I think... Want to come have sex in my apartment? Jasper's like, fuck the mission, sure. <laughs> well, I thought it was like he was, like, trailing him. And, yeah. you know, she, and she's just terrible at it because he, like, shakes her ass. He's like, oh, I'm following that. <laughs> and I actually gave you half a point for that because at the start of the movie, Nomi does take Bond back to his house in Jamaica. Yes. Pretending that she wants to seduce him. So, that's pretty close. Mm. Gave you half a point for that. You said that Nomi reveals that she is double O... <gasps> Six? Fuck. Mm. Now, you get zero points for that because I told you that she was 007 at the start of the episode and you still ignored me. But that's because I made her 007 later on in yeah, the know. movie. So, I guess I get 00 points that's for that. That's right. You said that Nomi warns Bond to leave Voldo alone since MI6 is handling this mission now. Two points. Yay! Because that absolutely <laughs> happened. You said that Nomi threatens to shoot Bond if he doesn't comply. Gave you a point for that because it was in the trailer, in but the it name. does absolutely happen in the movie. You said that Bond ignores Nomi's advice and goes after Voldo. Anyway, two points. Ding! That absolutely happens. We have a great bit where we see them both arrive in Cuba at the same time and she like waves to him, like <laughs> fully knowing that he was going to be there the whole time. Well, doesn't she say, I'll see you in Cuba? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that scene. You said that at Ash's hotel, Bond and Paloma see Voldo being loaded into a van, which leads to a car chase. Now, I gave you half a point for that because Ash does kidnap Voldo at some point. So yeah. eh. he, He's never in a van. I mean, yeah. there's, a, there's a car chase, I believe, with him, but I don't yeah. think there's That's right. That he's never in context. a van. So he's in a like limousine. That's as close as you can get to a van, <laughs> I suppose. You said that Bond, Paloma and Nomi all fight to get Voldo for themselves with Bond and Paloma working against Nomi, and it will be hilarious. Two points. Yeah. That absolutely happens in the movie. What a great scene that was, too. Because they're not working together, but their goals align. Yeah, that's right. right. And so they were sort of like scuffling with each other, tripping each other up, and just like each taking turns at grabbing Voldo. And yeah. Voldo has no idea who's with MI6 <laughs> and what's going on, because he keeps asking everyone, are you with MI6? Are you my contact? Who are you? <laughs> you said that Bond manages to get his hands on Voldo, but Voldo is killed by the nanobots. Now, that doesn't happen at all. He's killed when he's kicked into a acid lake. I don't quite know what that was at the end of the movie. Yeah, so the lake is poison. Yeah, it's poison. And I, guess- and I think they're harvesting the stuff that the nanobots release into people's bodies. So I don't know why they need so much of it in a really open, unsafe looking pool. And I don't know why he falls into that pool. And then James Bond does the same thing, but he doesn't die instantly. No, James Bond never falls into that pool. He falls into a lake that get, he gets poisoned in, right? Uh, no, there's a, there's a pool which has actual water in the middle of the yes that. the thing. But Saffin smashes like a glass vial on his face and scratches oh, with him. I thought with it was it. I thought it was the pool that did. No, that. it's not the pool. Oh, okay. So the pool is obviously some sort of acid pool because everyone who falls into it gets eaten away. Yeah. But James and Saffin at the end of the movie have a tussle. In the like a regular pool, yeah, and Saffin smashes a vial that he was carrying around his neck. He, he said, "It's this is my security." Oh, that's right—the little thingo that he yeah. keeps around. Yeah, so he smashes that on James's face and scratches him with it, getting the nanobots into his blood. But that's at the end of the movie. Let's go back to your plot. You said that Nomi steals James Bond's silvery James Bondy Aston Martin. <laughs> I know cars, people. Yeah, and tells him to get his ass back to MI6. Now, that doesn't happen at all. No. She has her own Aston Martin. Thank you very much. I, I believe it's a silvery Aston Martin Sorry, car. Sorry, a silvery James Bondy Aston Martin. <laughs> 
You said that Bond returns to MI6 and is reintroduced to all of the old MI6 characters. M, Money Penny, everybody else. The picture of Judy Dench. Yes, and the picture of Robert Brown and the picture of Bernard Lee as well. So all of the people who have played M in the past had pictures here, but we saw Judy Dench in the trailer. Yeah. So I gave you a point for that because, you know, he does go back and he does meet with all the old MI6 characters. And you said that everyone at MI6 has presumed that James Bond was dead. And this is done mainly for last two points. That absolutely happens, though. Mind you, they did this in Skyfall, as I pointed out in the original episode. Not in the same way, though. You said that Bond is asked to interrogate Blofeld, and M tells him that Blofeld is the most valuable prisoner they have, since Blofeld is aware of every criminal organisation. Gave you a point and a half for that, because that's basically the case, but the real reason that they want to interview Blofeld is because they want to know why Safin wants to kill Spectre, and why Voldo is involved. And also, you know, they're trying to find their weapon again. Yeah, that's right. I believe Blofeld is the best contact for Yeah, he's the only contact that they have. You said that M tells Bond to keep his cool when talking to Blofeld. Now, that's not correct at all, because it's Tanner in the actual movie. It is. Now, I can completely forgive you for not knowing who Tanner is, nope. because he's very much a character that blends into the background, but he's in almost all of the later James Bond movies. Uh, but still not knowing who Felix Leiter is is still inexcusable, <laughs> so I'm not letting that go. Was Tanner played by the same actor? or Tanner was the same actor in all of the Daniel Craig movies. The only one he wasn't in... No, actually, he was played by a different actor in Casino Royale, but from Quantum of Solace onwards, he's played by the same actor. Okay. And he was also in, I think, the Pierce Brosnan movies as well. Right. But he was played by a different actor in each of those movies. Gotcha. Uh, he, is, he basically is the head of section, I believe. I could be mistaken. The head of what section? The head of section. So, the double O section. Oh, okay. And he's M's assistant, more or less. So right. He's in charge of the double O's. But, yeah. M, M seems to be... M is in charge of MI6, but he seems to be in charge of the double O's. While officially, I think Tanner is in charge of the double O's. Right. Does anyone really care about this? No, let's move on. Tanner's the team leader. Yes. And M's the manager. That's it, exactly. You said that Bond says that he'll keep his cool, but then he's shocked to see Madeline, who he thought was dead. I gave you half a point for that because that's not really the case, but it's more so the case that Madeline is shocked to see Bond because she's not expecting him to be there. And Bond is very sort of cold about it. He's just like, good to see you, Dr. Swan. Brings out his hand to shake it. And of course, there's a bit of tension in the movie because we know that Madeline has sprayed deadly nanobots on her wrists and plans to assassinate Blofeld on orders of Safin. But yeah, for some reason, she doesn't want to touch James with them because I guess she doesn't know. To contaminate him. Yeah, I suppose so. And maybe she thought he was actually brothers with Blofeld. No, I think she thought that Safin might be threatening James Bond because he says, you know, he says, I know that you are vulnerable. Uh. And at this point, it's suggesting that he will kill James Bond, not insert spoiler here, if she doesn't kill Blofeld. So she doesn't know that the nanobots aren't targeting both Blofeld and Bond. Yeah. So that's why she doesn't want to touch him. Makes sense. I mean, you wouldn't want to touch him anyway because, like, you've got a poison on you. You don't want to yeah, exactly. rub yeah. that off on exactly. somebody else. Now, back to your plot. You said that Blofeld will be very Hannibal Lecter-esque oh my God. and speaks very cryptically to Bond. I gave you two points because that was absolutely the case. The only thing he says is Madeline, basically. Mm-hmm. And James Bond has to strangle him in a reference to You Only Live Twice, the novel. And we almost see this scene exactly in Austin Powers' gold member. Do we? I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, that's remember right. He wasn't Doctor Evil in the in that's the right plastic cell. I've completely forgot about. It. I'm gonna have to rewatch that <laughs> and see if it's close. Now you said that Blofeld reveals that Safin was working with Spectre, but turned against Blofeld and has been trying to kill him ever since. Now that's not a hundred percent accurate, no. but I still gave you two points for that because you do have Safin's motivation pretty close there. So aside from the whole used to work for Spectre thing. Him wanting to kill Blofeld is his MO, Safin's MO. So, I think that's worth two points. Yeah, because Blofeld's agent killed Safin's parents. Yeah, we get to that. Don't worry, you get points for that. Now, you said that Blofeld also reveals that Madeline used to work with Safin in the past. 
that's not really the case. She's currently working for Safin against her will. But yeah, it's not really the case that they work together. Not in the same way that you predict. That was a stretch. Yes. You said that Blofeld says that Ash kidnapped Voldo because Voldo had developed a technology that threatens all of Spectre. Gave you two points for that because that's basically the case, except it wasn't... Uh, no, it was Ash. It was, it was Ash, Ash that got yeah. Voldo. So there you go. That was pretty close. You said that Paloma joins Bond for the rest of the movie and they have romantic tension the whole time. I wish. Nope. Paloma is not in the rest of the movie. Uh, she's sort of done her bit. You said that Paloma will have a very bubbly, quirky personality that we will love. Two points yes. there. That's absolutely the case. Love that scene. Love that character. You said that Bond will meet Q at Q's house and Q has left MI6. I gave you half a point because James Bond does meet him at his house, but he certainly hasn't left MI6. <laughs> no. You said that Bond has various gunfights and car chases. You were sort of like running out of time here, and I gave you a point for that because, yeah, sure, we have plenty <laughs> of gunfights and car chases in the movie. You said that Bond goes to confront Safin, who has a base in a dilapidated building on a remote island. Two points there, yep. 100% the case. We did not know that at all going into the movie. You said that Bond will be taken to meet Safin by his goons in an underground section of the lair. Two points, yes. that's absolutely the case. And you said that Safin reveals that his family were innocent victims of an attack. One and a half points there, <laughs> because you said that there are victims of an attack as fallout for, from some sort of military operation. It was very messy and didn't make sense. Yeah. So I couldn't quite give you two points, but his family were definitely innocent victims of an attack. Uh, well, his father was working as a bad guy and was assassinated by Spectre, so... Uh, not really innocent. Uh, Is anyone really innocent. innocent in these movies? No. You said that Safin wants to use his nanobots against MI6 as revenge for all of their collateral damage. That's not, not the really. case at all. In the actual movie, I have no idea what Safin's plan is beyond defeating Spectre and Blofeld. Why is he still a villain after he kills Blofeld? Um, I think it is because he wants to infect everybody and, like, create a, a system where everybody is powerless and has to yeah, I, follow a leader. Yeah, I guess it's so. It's like crazy, crazy supervillain yeah. motives. Well, obviously, he's not all there in the head, so no. I guess that makes sense. But like, I was like, well, he, he completed his mission. He's not the bad guy anymore, but he's still going through with it. So I guess that is sort of close to what you said. You said that he infects... Well, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. So you said that Safin originally joined Spectre to get revenge against like MI6 government, world governments, you know, revenge for his family's yeah. death, basically. But then realized that Blofeld's ideals were different to his own. That's not the case at no, all. Not at all. Now, at, at this point in your plot as well, I joke that Bond will be worried that Safin secretly infected him with nanobots at this point. And I also joke that Safin's nanobots will use genetic to target specific people. Oh my god, Kieran. So I think I deserve a few bonus points for that as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. I'll give you some bonus points. But I couldn't believe that listing back. I was like, oh, there it is. I got it. Because we were like, how do nanobots and genetics work into the plot? And we're like, uh. And then I jokingly said that. And it turned out that was the case. You said that Safin tells Bond that everyone in his organization, as in Safin's organization, has these nanobots in them already. And he can kill them at any point in time. And this includes Madeline Swan, who used to work for him, if you remember. That's a cool idea. It just doesn't happen. No, but it's close to what you think Safin's plan is, yeah. that everybody has nanobots in them, so anybody can be killed by him at any time. That's what I thought. Yeah, right. That, that you know, everybody is expendable. But yeah, it, is just, it was just in your plan. It's just like, everyone in my organization is expendable. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, that's, no one's going to betray him. Yeah, that's right. Makes that's sense. Right. Uh, I gave you half a point for that because, yeah... Yeah, <laughs> ish, close -ish. ish. 
He's also said that it's revealed at this point that Madeline was sent by Safin to seduce and track Bond, but then she fell in love with him, exactly like Vesper and Casino Royale. That's not the case at all. That'd be terrible if that was the case. (laughs) It just happens to him all the time. Yeah. You said that Safin then kills Madeline with the nanobots. It's frustrating how close you are to the actual plot, but this isn't what happens. So you're so close, yet so far. (laughs) You said that Bond goes to kill Safin, but Safin has secretly infected James Bond with the killer nanobots. Oh! Two points. Oh, that absolutely that. happens. You see, so in your plot, they have like a remote that uh, triggers the nanobots. They, they, they basically just do it with a computer. Yeah. They program the nanobots before they're sent into somebody to kill them. But in your plot, they have a remote that when you press the remote, the specific person gets eaten away yeah, by the, the nanobots. Inside, yeah. That's right. Now, you said that Bond knocks this remote from Safin's hands and runs away. I gave you half a point because he does defeat Safin at this point in the movie and attempts to run away. You said that Safin kidnaps both M and Blofeld. Nope, no. this doesn't happen at all. You said that Bond and Paloma. Paloma's still here, by the yeah, way. she's there through the whole thing. So if you replace Paloma with Nomi, you'd be then closer. Be right, yeah. You said that Bond and Paloma tracked down Safin to a snowy wasteland. Oh, nope, man. That's not the bad. case at all. It's going downhill. You said that Blofeld, Bond, and Safin have a Mexican standoff like in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. This is, this is my problem with these plots. I always have to fit in a, a three-way fight scene yes. in this. And they have a gunfight while Nomi saves M in the background. Nope, that doesn't happen at all. A lot of Red Dead was pl- being played at this point. Yes. You said that Blofeld and Bond work together to take down Safin, and Blofeld is shot by Safin and mortally wounded. Nope, that's nope. not the case at all. You were doing so well, man. I know, what I was happened? doing great before. Don't worry, you turn it around. You turn it around. <laughs> you said that Nomi gets the remote to trigger Safin's nanobots, but the remote will also trigger Bond's nanobots, so she doesn't want to press it. So I gave you half a point because... Eh, That's fairly close. That's sort of like the ultimatum at the end of the day. You said that Bond triggers the remote himself, killing Safin and presumably killing himself. If you say the remote triggers missiles, it's right. I gave you a point for that because Bond does sacrifice himself to save the day at the end. So that's fairly close. You said that Bond and M rig the base to explode as they escape, leaving James Bond behind to be presumably blown up. That's two points because that's absolutely (laughs) the case. Now they're not rigging it with bombs. No, they do rig the place. They do, they do rig the place yeah. with bombs, but they 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 point out in the movie all these bombs aren't enough to blow up the base. They'll just blow up the lab. But then, of course, M is just like, "Oh, I got some missiles. We'll <laughs> sort that out." We got some friends in the area. We can yes. shoot some missiles, and they want to blow up the whole thing. And he's got to, you know, release the bomb shelters and all that jazz. Yes. So as we just pointed out. The whole base has been blown up. We don't know if Bond has been killed by either the nanobots or the explosion in your plot, that is. And you said that we cut back to MI6 and everyone is sad that Bond has died and M gives a moving speech about Bond. Two points. That absolutely happens in the movie, but mind you, he's actually dead in the movie. Yes, I I did not see that one coming. No, I don't think many people did, but we'll get into it. Everyone does now. Oh, yes, of course. You said that Nomi discovers that Bond has survived the nanobots using a magnetic gadget that he has. Now, interestingly enough, he does have a magnetic, like, electromagnetic pulse watch. He does? And the whole time I was watching the movie, I'm like, he's going to use the watch to kill the nanobots and he can get away scot-free. I was thinking it the whole time, but in your plot, he kills the nanobots using this electromagnetic gadget and he escapes the explosion as well somehow and has stolen another Aston Martin from MI6, revealing that he's still alive. So in my in my plot, it's kind of like, we see this off screen, and yeah. we're like, did he die or is he actually alive? And goes on to be either James Bond or yeah. retire. I bet you the whole time, like during the end, you were like waiting for that to happen. You're like, oh, yeah. he's going to pop no, up. No, I, I, when those bombs hit, <laughs> yes. I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> but I, it's not happening. No. 
Well, I thought, it, like, in the final act, it was becoming pretty clear to me that he wasn't going to make it. So, I was like, yeah, I got past the point of, will they do it? And I got to the point of, how are they going to do this? You said that M officially makes Nomi the new 007. I gave you a point for that because that was technically true at the start of the movie. And you said that your whole reasoning for including the nanobots in this movie was because the movie needed to revolve around a powerful weapon that we haven't seen before in a Bond movie. So I gave you a bonus two points for that assessment. Cool. Because we were like, your nanobot idea is kind of silly, James Bond. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. But you're like, well, no, it hasn't been done in a Bond movie before. And it's a weapon that you can't fight. So I think it'd be like a good Bond weapon And I guess you were right That's yeah. two points there Less silly than clones, Kieran Yeah, we'll get to that And the last thing you said You strongly believe that James Bond will not die at oh, the end of the movie no. I didn't think that either But of course you weren't correct there So if you tally up all these points I did pretty well How, do, sounds, you, how do you think you did? I think I, I think I did really well I'm listening back to that I listened back to the original episode I watched the movie recently I... I this might be my best prediction, but I don't want to. Is that a get prediction? Too cocky about it. So how how did I? Manny D, I'm happy with myself. You got a total of seventy one <gasps> points, making this the best prediction you've ever done. Yeah, look at that. There you go. Look at that. Never. I never am so impressed. Would I have thought that this would be the plot I would be no. have the best prediction at? Here's the problem, Manny D. Here's the problem. You always go out on a limb with your plots. There's always an element where you're like, I didn't, uh, there's no evidence that this will happen in the movie, but here's my crazy theory. And 99.9% of the time, that does not work. But this is the 0.1% of the time where you went out on a limb and it totally paid off. One of these days, going out on a limb will help me, and it did today. Yes, there you go. Nanobots. Who would have thought? Now, my plot is not going to live up to your plot. Let me just say that just because you just had a huge element that I did not. But I think listening back to my plot, I think I had a lot of elements that in some cases were a bit closer than yours. Mm. So I can't wait to delve into that right now. Let's get into it. Well, firstly, I just want to give you credit straight off the bat. When we were talking about the movie, when we were talking about the actors, you said that a good James Bond movie is about two hours. You predicted that this movie would be about two hours 30 oh, long. Yeah, which two hours, 37 minutes. Yeah. Wasn't it two hours, 40? Oh, yeah. It, yeah no, two hours, 37 minutes. That's, right. that's two hours, 40. Right. Come on. Right, right, right. Well, I think that's worth a, a, a note there. As, there we go. That's exactly how long the movie was. Give or take 10 minutes. Yep. So, in your plot, it starts with a cold open. You thought it would. Uh, you thought this was going to be Safin breaking into a lab, and he steals a scientist and blows up the lab. Now, this doesn't happen in the beginning, but no. this series of events do just exactly as you p- predicted it would. Yeah, it's after the opening titles that this happens. Yeah, yeah. And technically, at this stage, uh, it is Spectre agents, not Safin, who breaks into the lab. No. Oh, yeah, you're right. So Waldo, Waldo, sorry, is working for Safin at this point, but it's Spectre who's breaking in to steal the nanobots That's to get right. revenge That's on James right. Bond. In the actual movie, as we said, it starts with a flashback and yeah. then and then goes into the Bond where, where Bond's at. So that doesn't really happen. No. Um. Now you you are technically right as well because this series of events does happen because I guess you could say Ash Logan is working for Safin and he does steal the scientist yeah. later on via boat, but not in this lab explosion scene. So I'll give you half a point for that. So in your plot, we cut to M, who's briefing about this kidnapping, and he announces that only 007 can do this job. And at this mm-hmm. stage, we think 007 is our James Bond. Yep. But it's not. And that does happen in the movie. Yep. So I even c- like how they cut to Daniel Craig when they say, <laughs> where's 007? They cut to Daniel Craig. And I'm like, I see what you did yeah. there. <laughs> so we cut to James Bond. He's enjoying his honeymoon in uh, Matria. What, how's that pronounced? That, that oh, city? I don't remember. Italian city. 
Either way, you're right. Because it is the city. It is the city, that's right. It's the exact city. Madeline receives a Phantom of the Opera Mask that is sent to her mysteriously. A Phantom of the Opera Mask, that's right. Interestingly enough, interestingly enough, they're, they're burning like memories. They're trying to let memories go from the past. And Madeline's memory that she burns is a piece of paper that says the masked man. In French, mind you. Is that what it says? Yeah, it says the masked man on her piece of paper that she burnt. So She's thinking about the mask, if not directly receiving a mask (laughs) like in my plot. So, the mask is definitely on her mind. It it is. Or he is on her mind. Yeah, Safin is, yeah. So, this... This makes her feel uneasy and she makes a mysterious phone call. Now, in the movie, this is not what sets Bond's suspicion off. It's the no. fact that he is attacked by some Spectre agents. While he's, he's like, visiting Vesper's grave. Yeah, and he's like, how did they know I was there? And also, when he visits Vesper's grave, it blows up. Yeah, that's which right. Which obviously is a sign yes. that shit's going down. And she was the one who sent him to the grave too. Yep. She's like, you need to go and let this go. Yeah, You need to go and you know confront this and let it go once and for all. So, of course, Bond is thinking... Well, I went to the grave and then it blew up and then and then Blofeld rang up battle and was like, well done, you did such a great job. And I was like, he really fell for that? Because <laughs> I'm like, well, obviously Blofeld's playing him. That's his whole MO. Yeah. But anyway, back anyway. to my plot. Now, in your plot, James Bond sees a message from someone telling where his location is. So, Madeline is sending text yeah. messages to somebody saying, here's where we are. We're, we're together here. Yeah. He goes, hang on, hang on a second. What's going on here? So, I'll give you a point and a half for that. They are attacked by Spectre agents led by Primo, which is true. Mm-hmm. Primo is leading this charge here. He's the robot eye Cyclops. Mm-hmm. And we have an Aston Martin chase scene. I'll give you a point because we see that in the trailer. Yep. Blonde. Blonde. Bond. James Blonde. Blonde. James Blonde. Uh, that is actually what they called Daniel Craig when he was first cast. He was, They're he like, was we don't want no James Blonde. <laughs> How silly is that when you think yes. back at it? So Bond blames Madeline. Uh, Bond uses his car to take out the rest of the Spectre agents. Yep. Drives into a pole and proceeds Bong. on foot. That's in your plot. Now, in the movie, he manages to escape as well. Madeline, but all this time, is claiming innocent, but Bond doesn't believe her. I'll give you a point mm-hmm. there. These are all stuff that we see in the That's right. in the um, in the trailer. trailer. Now, in your plot, Madeline disappears after Bond crashes the car, and Bond is focused is forced to focus on himself just to survive. Now, in the movie, he's with Madeline the other way around. Yeah, he's with Madeline the whole time, and he puts her on a train and leaves her. He yeah. says, she's trying to like look at him, and like as the train's moving away, but then he disappears. Yeah, and it and Bond doesn't trust her at this stage anymore. And that's the reason why. Yeah, that's right. Now, you thought that after the crash scene, uh, Bond would have a bike chase around the city, which does happen. We see mm-hmm. this in the trailer, though. And he finds himself on a tall bridge and mm-hmm. uses a cable to evade the bad guys. So, you yep. two sets of one points there because I wish, scene. I really wish I'd predicted the bit where, like, the car's coming towards Bond <laughs> and he drops down behind that single brick and the car, like, flips over the brick. I thought that was such a great start. <laughs> that was awesome. Now, in your plot and in the movie, we get the opening credits. Now, mm-hmm. you said that we were going to have some ice and snow imagery, mm-hmm. which we do. We do. Uh, we also see some imagery. Don't forget that I predicted that we'd have DNA imagery in, yes. during your plot. Yes, that's right. Uh, now, that that's the case in the movie. Now, in the movie, we also have imagery of cogs and flowers, but you know, mm-hmm. you were right about and We the have snow a direct imagery. reference to the Dr. No opening as well at the very start of well, the oh, opening we? titles. You know how like they had all those like dots- that sort of like yep. multicolored dots. That's a direct reference oh. to the start of Doctor No. Didn't didn't pick that up at all. The other thing you said is there was going to be a lot of mask imagery, which there is. So I'll give you two points for calling mm-hmm. the title sequence. There's a few things you didn't call in that, but for the most part you did. Yeah. Who would have thought? Now, this is my favorite it's part. It's almost like I've seen every single James <laughs> Bond opening a million times and know how to work in <laughs> plot elements. Yeah, true. Well, I'm glad you said that because now we're going to talk about the song. Mm-hmm. That was the Billie Eilish song. Yep. The Billie Eilish song. 
which uh, you thought was not going to be called No Time to Die. Yep. And you said that if it is, I should deduct a point from you. Yep. Feel free to. Which the song is actually called No yeah. Time to Die. I also pointed that out in the original episode <laughs> during the editing process. Because <laughs> by that stage, I think the, the, the song, song came released. out the day after we recorded. Damn it. So you lose a point there, sir. Yep. And it's my own fault. <laughs> Billy Eilish wasn't going to be creative and thinking of another title. Come no. on. Now we flash forward and Bond is living in a villa in Jamaica. He's mm-hmm. hanging out and drinking like a fish. Yeah, I want to give you a point just for that because essentially he's doing that through the whole movie. Did but I not is... predict that he'd be staying in the GoldenEye Villa, which is where Ian Fleming wrote the is novels? Is that where he was? And that's was. where it was in the movie. Well, I got to give you an extra point there, an extra I two points so for that. I was chuffed with myself. I didn't notice that myself because well, I how didn't would know. How you know? <laughs> I didn't know that villa, what that villa looked like. Now, Felix Leiter sneaks up and surprises the X00 operative, and in your plot, they go to a dingy club and to speak privately, which it's pretty much dingy. happens yeah. in the movie. But we see that in the trailer, so it's a point. Felix asks Bond to go to Cuba to find a missing scientist as a favour. Felix mm-hmm. believes Spectre is involved and that yep. he will find the scientist in a Spectre event, and this piques Bond's yep. interest. Two points. That exactly plays out as it does in the movie. Now, in- It's even the right location. It is exactly the right location. Now, in your plot, Bond returns to his villa to find Night. To find Nomi there. Mm-hmm. In the movie, Bond actually finds his car is missing an engine or his engine's been destroyed. Yes. And Nomi, who he met in the club earlier, offers him a lift on her offers moped. Offers him a lift. That's right. But essentially, it happens in the same setting and the same sequence of events. Yep. And when she goes back to his apartment and Daniel Craig thinks he's getting some hanky panky, yep. she actually reveals that he is a 007 agent. So you get she points is. for that. She's a 007 agent. Yep. That's right. Or, yeah, actually, the 007 agent that replaced him. I think, did I mention that you... Oh, okay. I just I just want to backtrack a little bit. You also mentioned that while Bond is in the dingy nightclub, he'll actually bump into Nomi yep. before this point. Which he does. And he thinks she's a local and mm-hmm. there's a flirty... Which he does. Inter- and there's a flirty interaction, which I'll give yep. you a point for. Now, we do say that in the trailer, by yes, the way. Yes, that's right. Now, in your plot, she is... Nomi, that is, is sent to keep an eye on James Bond and retrieve him for M since Blofeld refuses to talk to anyone who is not Bond. In yeah. the movie, she states that she's seeing him out of a professional courtesy yep. and to tell him to back off. As MI6 is looking into this, and it seems to clash with what the CIA are doing. Now, we find out later on in the movie, well, that's true. it's actually because M fucked up. Yep. Um, in your plot, Bond refuses to go back to MI6. In the movie, the choice was never there, but he makes it clear that he's doing what he wants anyway. Yeah, that's, so that's close enough. So, in Kieran's plot, in your plot, Mm -hmm. and in the movie, Bond goes to Cuba, he meets with Paloma, and they both infiltrate the party with the objective of finding out who's running Spectre now, since Blofeld is Mm -hmm. incarcerated. Did you notice the Richard O'Brien cameo in the Spectre party? Riff Raff himself was leading the party. He had the the little pillow with the Blofeld eye on it. Was he? Really? Yeah, that was Riff Raff himself from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Ah, there you go. And he dies almost instantly afterwards. So, I was like, I see him. I didn't notice that. So, they're not only wanting to know who's running Spectre, they also want to find this scientist mm-hmm. and they want to find out what Spectre wants with him. Two points because that is the whole MO of this party sequence. Yep. Now, in your plot, Bond and Paloma flirt with each other. The opposite appears to be true in the movie as yes. Bond has almost lost his touch 
or yes, at least right. has aged a bit beyond that. Yeah. And personally, I think Anadia Musk might have different taste in men, maybe rather than like a blonde, gruff looking guy. She likes like <laughs> black, curly haired, blue eyed men that are kind of buff, kind of not, and do podcasts. Yeah, maybe. That's maybe <laughs> what her thing is. Not so much like a Daniel Craig esque guy. Yeah. I knew you'd love her in this movie. Well, as soon as I saw her in this movie, I was just like, oh, Maddie D is going to be so charming. <laughs> she's so charming. Like, she's great in everything. But yes, she was so right. charming in this movie. It was a highlight. This whole movie, we'll talk about it later, but yep. she was definitely a highlight, her yes. scenes. And I, I like the the angle they went with her. Absolutely, yeah. So their flirting in your plot was interrupted by a spotlight. So they're in the party, all of a sudden yep. a spotlight appears on James Bond. In the movie, this happens, yep. but it's because the Eye of Sauron sees him. Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, Blofeld knew that Bond was going to be there. So the whole event was a trap for Bond. Ah, uh, okay. I thought he kind of- Why else would they set up the, the whole nanobots to kill him if he didn't think he was going to be there? True. I guess it was a trap the entire time. Yes. But yeah, so in the movie, none of us predicted that uh, Blofeld would have a glass eye. We talked about it before, yeah, that it would right. be carried around um, so we can see what's going on from prison. In mm-hmm. your plot, you assumed that Spectre agents, the Spectre agents, yeah, so essentially they, they spot Bond, they find Bond, mm-hmm. and they go to kill him. So they're all aware that he was going to be there. They just yep. wanted to leave him prone, essentially. Yep. Ned, Which was the case in the movie. It is the case in the movie. Then an action scene commences as they fight- as in Paloma and James Bond, fights yep. the Spectre agents. Now, in your plot, Paloma dies. This is not true. No. But it's true in Thank the goodness. sense that we don't see her from this point onwards. That's right. and I She's just, done. And she leaves the movie. Just want to reiterate what a waste. But, you know, I give well, you half. I knew that she wasn't going to be there throughout the entire yeah. movie. There yeah. was no evidence that she was going to be there. there. Was it was none. very much like a Nomi thing yeah. instead of Paloma. So, I knew Paloma was just going to be a one-off thing. So, I was like, well, how do you write her out easily? Mm. She could just easily just leave and be done. But no, I was just like, let's make it dramatic and she dies. Yeah. yeah. So I'll give you half a point for that because she doesn't die, but we don't see her moving forward. Now, in your plot, Nomi actually comes out and saves Bond. She uses a power line explosion to make a distraction for their getaway. In the actual movie, Bond and Paloma separate. They go mm-hmm. to a boat. Felix dies on the boat because Felix. they meet up with Felix later. Yep. And the other agent... Who we know is I was Ash waiting, Logan. by the way. I was waiting for Felix to be eaten by sharks the whole time in this movie. I'm like, it's going to happen again, <laughs> They're right? They're on the water as well. Yes, exactly. He's going to be eaten yeah. by sharks, but yeah. no, that doesn't happen. So, yeah, in the actual movie, the other agent who is Ash Logan, who was working for them the whole time, betrays them because, as we said before, he's working with Safin. Mm-hmm. Now, Bond ends up returning to MI6 of his own accord to find answers. He's not dragged there by Nomi, which mm-hmm. is what you predicted. Yeah. So there's a series of half points there. Either way, he ends up to MI6 in both the movie and your plot. Bond takes his Aston Martin out of storage, and this does happen. We see that in the trailer, and uses this car all whilst in the UK. Now, you said Nomi would drive And what kind of... uh, Yes, you're going. You're just about to get into it, aren't you? Yeah, she drives a a Valhalla, which I assume is the case, so I'll give you points for that. Uh, Did you give me points for James Bond's car? Yeah. Because I said that he would be driving... Oh, what was the one that I, I said? I can't remember what model you said. Look, Kieran, I don't know the models of cars. But it was cars. the exact model. I'm just assuming you're right. I even referenced the same movie that it was in previously. Oh, so. really? Whilst in MI6, Bond has to wear a visitor's pass. Lol, yep. it does give you a point for that. In MI6, he'll see a portrait of Judy, Judy Dench. <laughs> you almost point- said Judy Stench. <laughs> Judy Stench. Judy Dench, which I give you a point for. What a nice little touching moment that was. Mm-hmm. And not too over the top as well. It's very no, subtle. It was um, very subtle. They don't even sort of like point it out. It's just in the background. Yeah, it's kind of nicely done. M tells Bond that he so has- It's like a hall of M's. <laughs> Which was weird because some of them don't even exist in the Daniel Craig universe, but I guess we can presume they were M's in the past. Yeah. Sure. I think that's that's what you would assume, right? 
So, M tells Bond that he has to help Nomi track the rest of Spectre. In this point in the movie, Spectre is dead and M mm-hmm. is pretty much just telling him to back off. That's the whole point of this meeting. Yep. Um, well, the, he needs his help well, tracking yeah. down the Hercules project. In, in the actual movie, the only thing M wants from Bond is information and how to find the weapon yep. or to get him to but get- Also, he reinstates him as a double O as well. Yep. So, he's not really telling him to back off, is he? Oh, not really, I guess so. But he has this conversation- Double O like, what? Double O seven. Double O what? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. But at this point, he kind of says, if you're not going to help, you can leave. And they, like, have an argument, right? Yeah, yeah, sort of. Yeah. He also wants him it's to- definitely the same desk. Yeah. <laughs> he also wants him to get information out of Blofeld because he feels like he could. That's right, yeah. Um, and James Bond wants to meet Blofeld, but it's because he wants to get revenge. Yeah, and, more or less. And M's just like, no, you can't. Just yeah. get information, so- that's right. You thought Nomi would call Bond out on his sexism. Now, no, that's not really this the is case debatable, but I didn't see this in the movie. No, at all. it wasn't in the movie at all. Yeah. In fact, they handled that really well. Yeah. Uh, Bond goes to a supermax holding jail where Blofeld is located, and we'll have a James Bond gag here where he introduces his name as Bond James Bond. Yep. That doesn't really happen. That happens when he enters MI6. That happens in the movie. Close though. enough, yeah. Yeah, both things happen in the movie. Now, Tanner tells Bond not to yep. lose control. Bond sees Madeline at this point, and Madeline was actually never working for Spectre, but the messages that she sent earlier on in your prediction were actually from MI6. Mm-hmm. So, I'll give you a series of points for that prediction there. We, we do see Tanner say that. We, and they, we see this in the trailer as yeah, well. Yeah, that's right. A lot of what you call in the movie is in the trailer, yes. to be fair. In your plot and in the movie... Blofeld wants to speak to Madeline directly, but doesn't tell anyone why. Well, that's true. Yes. And Madeline has a psychology background, so MI6 yep. feels like- Something they established in Spectre. She can use her as these therapy sessions and, you know, they, they can, you know, get information as well. So, I'll give you yep. two points. Now, during the interrogation, Blofeld is cryptic and not forthcoming with information. Mm-hmm. There is a tease that Safin is the head of Spectre. Well, not, no. not really. <laughs> um, but you said that Madeline is keeping a secret from him. And pretty much this is what happens. And you also said that uh, Bond will kill Blofeld at this point. Now, I just want to point out something Two as well. Two points. Thank you. I just want to point out something as well that we obviously didn't discuss in that original episode because we didn't know. But essentially, Safin takes over the Blofeld position in this movie as the overarching villain. He does. Which is something I should have seen coming personally, because the original working title for this movie was Shatterhand, which is the name of Blofeld's character. It's his alias in the Ian Fleming novel, You Only Live Twice, which the movie is only very loosely based on. So, cast the movie, You Only Live Twice from your mind. But in the novel, You Only Live Twice, Blofeld is sort of like... He's on the run after the events of the previous book, which I think was Thunderball. No, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. So, he killed Bond's wife. Bond is out for revenge. So, Blofeld's in hiding. Blofeld goes and hides on an island in Japan in an old dilapidated castle. Oh, wow. Where he has a garden of death. And James Bond sort of has to track him down in this garden of death. And James Bond, I believe, is poisoned while in the garden of death. Like in the movie? And the book ends with James Bond falling, slipping into unconsciousness. And we presume he dies. And then at MI6, M does a eulogy for James Bond, which they reference directly in the movie. So, the movie is very much a direct like adaptation of the You Only Live Twice novel, which has never really been done in film before. And it's also very loosely an adaptation of On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which obviously they've done pretty faithfully in the past, so they were never going to do that again. Mm. But basically, as I was sitting down watching the movie, I was really blown away by the fact that I'm like... I know what's going to happen. I, I've seen all this before. I've read all this before in the novel. Oh, damn. But I should have seen it coming well, from that original working title, Shatterhand, which, as I said, was Blofeld's cover 
when he was on this sort of like island with the poison garden. Yeah. So, ugh, I can't believe I missed that opportunity. But like, and the whole point of me bringing this up is that, yeah, Safin takes Blofeld's place from that book. So, in a way, he's the. I'm not. I'm not begging for extra. No, points no, no, here. no. I just I, think it's interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, but how would we know? Because they've never really been that faithful to. I mean, no, correct me. We if I'm wouldn't wrong. have known because they're not. They usually, you know, have creative liberties with the That's source right. material. So, so there's only like two or three James Bond movies that are like faithful to the books because for the most part, the books aren't really that easy to adapt to the screen because no. they're a bit silly. But there's, I just wanted to point out as well that when James Bond kills Blofeld in the You Only Live Twice novel, he says, die, Blofeld, die. I know. And during this interrogation scene we were just discussing, James Bond strangles Blofeld. Not to death, but it is, it is what kills Blofeld ultimately. But while he's strangling Blofeld in the movie, he says, die, Blofeld, die. Yeah. And it was that point in the cinema, I was just like, oh, hang on. <laughs> Are they just adapting the You Only Live Twice book? And I was right. Yeah, they were. But I, I, I didn't bring that to my prediction, yeah. so I can't, you know, be too pleased with myself in the long run. It is worth pointing out that the, the reason Blofeld dies is not because uh, Bond strangles him, is because he's got the... The nanobots. He touches Madeline at some point because yeah, she gets right. startled and then that transfers the... Because Madeline doesn't want to go through with it and she leaves, yeah. but Bond has the nanobots on his hands. So Safin blackmails Madeline, tells her to put on this cologne that will kill yep. Blofeld because it's his nanobots that are attracted to his DNA. That's right. She was going to do it. She decides not to. She touches James Bond. James Bond goes to strangle him. They pull Bond off him and then, you know, yeah, Blofeld that's right. dies. That's right. But, you know, you get two points anyway. Now, in your plot, Bond goes rogue without going rogue and recruits Money Penny's help to track down Safin and they go to Q's house. It's loosely the case. I give you a point for that. Mm, there you go. These are th- We do see him going into Q's house in the trailer. That's right. That's the reason for that. Now, in your plot, it is revealed that Safin's location while they're in Q's house is right there. Mm-hmm. And then it creates an action scene in Q's house. Now, this doesn't happen, but something very similar yes, happens. Yes, that's right. I couldn't believe it. In Madeline's house. So yeah. when they- Because when- they're tracking Logan Ash and they're like, I thought you were supposed to be tracking Logan Ash. Why are you following me? Mm. They're like, I am following Logan Ash. Well, they're, dun, they're, dun, dun. They're, Bond is tracking where Nomi is and realizes right. that Nomi's right near where he is. And he's like, well, I thought you were tracking Logan Ash. And then- yeah. Da, 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 and that's what that's what happened. So I'll give you half a point for that. Yep. Now, Safin kidnaps Madeline at this point. You couldn't work out exactly how, but you thought, oh, he's going to kidnap Madeline. Now, this yep. happens yep. after their attack, which is kind of interesting. I kind of was thinking while watching this movie, why did she go back to the house where her mother died? Yeah, and where Safin knows exactly <laughs> where Safin lives. has been before. It's just like, oh man, we gotta. I've got to hide, you know, myself. In the one place that he knows where I'll hide. And a certain other important character in a, in a location. Let me go back to this house. Like, if your mother died in a house, yes, you'd probably be like, I'm Fuck just, I'm gonna move. I, I don't want to be around there. It's too many bad memories. Yes. Not alone. Oh yeah, the killer of my, you know, mother who's been to this house is now looking for me. I'm gonna go back to that yes. house. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't make any sense. Now, in your plot, Bond, at this point, Bond globe trots to find Safin, which, you know, that that is kind of what's happening. Yep. Uh, him and Nomi, he and Nomi use a stealth plane to reach Safin, yep. which is his island, and mm-hmm. uh, which he just reclaimed from Spectre, actually. Spectre had this island took over from his family. Safin took that back over. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's the island where the the main. Well, no, it wasn't climax, from his right? family. His his father just had a poison garden that was similar to the one on oh, the island. Yeah, that's right. Uh, now, in your plot, he gives Nomi the slip because he wants to go solo. Mm-hmm. 
in the movie, they actually work together right at the until the very end. That's but right. Bond does stay behind, so they kind of separate. Yeah, yeah. So kind of close there. In, in your plot, the final showdown will actually happen in a snowy wasteland. That's what I thought as well. Yeah, so that's right. For that prediction, I give you so one and a half. We struggled to work points. in the snowy scenes from the trailer into yep. the movie. We didn't realize that they'd be a flashback, of course, yep. right at the, at the very start of the movie. When I saw the movie for the first time, I saw the movie started with that flashback. I was like, oh shit! <laughs> Both of our plots are so wrong. <laughs> now. In your plot, while Bond is in this snowy wasteland, in this snowy area, he falls mm. through some ice. Yep. Uh, this is something we see in the trailer. Now, you thought Saffron really, would come still. up. Well, we see... We see we, we see someone... We even said in the original episode, I we said, don't see it Bond. doesn't look like it's James Bond under the ice, but I can't think of anything else, so it's just going to be James Bond just like in Skyfall. Which, no, sorry. Yeah, Skyfall. Yeah, which you would have been correct if you went with yeah. that instinct, but you thought it was going to be Bond, and, and Saffron ends up saving him by shooting the ice. Uh, as we've kind of mentioned, this scene happens at the at the start of the movie, but it's actually the, the young version of Maddie who's underneath the ice. Yep, and and Saffin saves her. And it's a flashback, which is his attachment there. Mm-hmm. Now, James will get taken to the villain lair as a guest, and yep. he gets a tour with Saffin explaining his evil plan. In the movie, this happens, but it happens to Maddie and her daughter That's rather right. than Bond. So I'll give you half a point for that. Yep. Uh, in your plot, it is revealed that they needed the scientist for his expertise on genetics. The scientist that yep. you didn't work into your plot at the time, you were kind of shoehorned him yes, in. Yes, that's right. Shoehorned him in correctly in a way. In yep. the movie, he kind of has, now I might be he wrong He is an here. expert on genetics. He is an expert on genetics, but he has the code for the weapon, right? That's why they get him. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And he's the only one who knows how to program the nanobots as well. Yeah. And he helps them make it. Now, in your plot, Safin, Safin's overall plan... Mm-hmm. I love this. Yep. Is to clone Spectre agents. Yep. That happened in the movie. When did it happen in the movie? <laughs> it didn't happen in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and what a reach that was. Now, mm-hmm. Safin also wants to- There was a reason to- behind it. Now, this is this is interesting, right? Safin wants to create the perfect race as well. So, part of his plan is he wants to cr- recreate these Spectre agents so they can be immortal, but he also wants to create the perfect race. Yep. Uh, because part of this is he hates his own appearance. He He's obsessed yep. with perfection. So, this is a reference to both The Spy Who Loved Me and Moonraker. Mm. It's something we've seen in Bond films before. That's right. Now, in a way, this is right. Now, this can be debatable because I, I clearly have an idea of Safin's motives that you might not share or might not be correct. But from my understanding, he wants to eradicate the human population and to control them more easily uh, since he thinks so. that what that's what they need slash deserve. So if you kind of think about he wants to make a perfect race and he wants to be like the dictator of that, I give you half a point for that. Sure. I no, don't, no clones were involved, <laughs> no so clones I can't were involved. be too unhappy. <laughs> Absolutely no clones were involved. Safin's relationship with Madeline is based on him being an ex-patient of hers. Yep. Uh, technically he is technically he is I mean he, they do one session I yeah think, that's right but it's much deeper than that he saved her as a child um, yep. after he killed her mother f- uh, uh, for revenge now Madeline's mother was a spectre agent or Madeline's no. father was a spectre yeah, agent that's right. and he wanted to kill her whole family technically but- a quantum agent but quantum is yeah. part of spectre it's one of its many tentacles yes that's right um, but yeah th- that's that's kind of the close relationship Safin has with Madeline he feels like he owns her he's like tied to her for life now yep. you thought Safin may reveal at this point that he is Dr. No, but... Dr. No, he did not. <laughs> at this point, Kieran backtracks on the Phantom of the Opera mask and says it might be a no theatre mask. Which it is. Which it is, so I'll give you points for that. You said e- either an Asian or, or theatre mask, so I, I was like, that's closer yeah. to what it is than, than a Phantom of the Opera mask. But that's yes, right. to go back to it, he is not Dr. No. He is not, but that was the main theory at the time, and I just wanted to throw it out there, because not because I thought it was right, 
just because I thought there's no way they're going to do that in the movie. But, you know, there was a reason for all my incoherent ramblings at the end of my plot. I did go into it in the original episode. I'm sure you'll mention it, hopefully, anyway. Yeah. So, Safin is ultimately jealous of Bond's perfection. Mm-hmm. He attacks Bond. Which is a reference to Dr. No. And he attacks Bond and, uh, and there's a, a massive shootout. Mm-hmm. That happens. That does happen. Which is why you get two points. Bond rescues Madeline and escapes on a four-wheel drive. This yeah. happens earlier. Earlier in the movie, yeah. But it does happen. And Safin and his men chase Bond at this point in your plot. Um, I think Safin is in a helicopter and yep. the rest of the guys are on uh, vehicles. And yep. Bond, you know, uses his expertise driving skills to make them crash and yep. run them off the road. That all happens. Happen. Not at this point in the movie, but no. you know, it happens. Just as it looks like Safin will kill Bond. So I think at this point in your in your plot, like, you know, he's off the road, he's on foot. They, I think they're fighting. Or maybe they're still driving. I can't remember what you were saying. But Safin looks like he's going to kill Bond and Maddie. But Nomi swoops in and kills Safin. Safin, setting up a possible new franchise slash spin-off where she is the lead. Uh, it doesn't sure. happen. I mean, That's very she, loosely what I said, but sure. Is, she is, you know, alive at the end of this movie, but she doesn't kill We don't Safin. even know if she's still 007 at the end of the movie. No, she we sort don't of uh, gives away that mantle back to, to Bond. Now, Bond walks off into the sunset. No, well, <laughs> in a way, he's looking at the sunset. Yeah, that's true. As he's getting blown up. Yeah, yeah. in the movie, Bond dies. He uh, In the movie, he lets Maddie and his daughter escape via boat, but he yep. stays to destroy the facility. Yeah, uh, which he, he does. He ends up killing Safin. Yep. And this all this is all what happened in the movie compared to what you said and, you know, becomes yep. poisoned, sacrifices himself that the facility gets destroyed. You, like me, thought Bond wasn't going to die. You mm-hmm. thought that he was just going to right off into the sunset. Now, uh, going back over your plot, I did shortchange you originally, but I think oh, you yeah? deserve a few more points. At the, st- at the start, I thought you deserved like 36 points. Oh, really? But going through it, I think you, I've, I've counted there's a few more points that you've made in this movie because I watched this movie once in cinema, so a few of the details kind of were lost yeah. on me. Which is completely understandable. Yeah, yeah. So you've actually got a few more. So it's uh, 47. 47 points. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, I'm not unhappy at all because <laughs> what did I say at the end of the episode about my plot? You said you didn't want it to be anything like the movie. That's right. And it wasn't. And it wasn't. So I'm very happy with that. Now, mind you, you also said, interestingly enough, you said if the movie, you said that the movie would be terrible if it's exactly what you predicted. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, my main thing was I didn't want to predict the movie accurately because I wanted there to be surprises and twists and turns. And there certainly were for me in the movie. So I'm so happy I did that. I did that last week as well in Spider-Man as well, if you remember. Yes. So anytime I really care about what's going to happen in a movie. You just throw it away. I just sort of half ass it at the end. Like I'll get the start pretty close and then half ass it at the end. So I was very much doing it on purpose. I was just throwing back to old. I was just referencing old James Bond movies and going, oh, yeah, if this happens, whatever. But I don't think it is. So I wasn't really trying. So I'm not unhappy that I didn't get anywhere near you. I'm also happy that you did such a great job (laughs) predicting this movie. I I listened to the episode three times, mind you. (laughs) after watching the movie because I was just so impressed and I'd, I'd get other people around and be like you just saw the movie now listen to Matty D's plot how good is this it's incredible it I, is I incredible can, I watched this movie I forgot everything I said because I've got a memory yes, like me a goldfish but I, I forgot everything I said and, yep. and you were just like listen to the episode Matty D I was like oh geez, did I do really bad is it really laughable and then yep. listening to this listening to this prediction I was like what the fuck yeah <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> I was actually saying that out aloud on public transport, listening to the episode coming home. Well, I was actually walking home from the cinema since yep. I live next door to it, basically. Yep. But yeah, I was walking home going like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Matty D, what the fuck? 
And I, I don't think we should delay it any longer. Maddie D, what were your thoughts on the movie after saying that you thought it was going to be terrible if it was what you predicted? <laughs> well, And it was what you predicted, it, so it must it, have been terrible. It was what I predicted, but I did not hate it. Actually, quite the opposite. I love this movie. Um, there we go. I didn't think if, if it was a... I didn't think if James Wan died, I would have liked that, but I liked how they did it. A lot of references to a lot of previous movies. It, like yes. I did not feel Tons. the time at all. I thought like a lot of the side characters were really charming and lovable, and, mm-hmm. and it did everything that I wanted to do off of James one movie. I think that's the thing, right? Like, there's a good one, then there's a bad one, and yeah. and this one was going to be a good one, and I end up fucking loving it. There we go. And I've been hiding my thoughts on the movie from Matty D this whole time. I've just done my blanket statement answer was, oh, it's good, I had fun. And I've just been hiding my thoughts the entire time. So this is actually the first time that Matty D and I have actually sat down and discussed the movie. So yeah, was there anything else you wanted to say before I dive into my uh, my James Bond fan opinions? <laughs> Not really. I, I It was all positive for me. I loved it. So I- it turned you back around. So after Spectre turned you against the franchise and you thought basically, I don't care about this franchise mm. anymore. There's no way I'm going to enjoy this movie. It uh, it kind of surprised you in the end. Yeah, it, it very much did. It had like a lot of the stuff I love in James Bond movies, but gave yeah. me something new. So yeah, can't really complain go. there. By the way, this is something we need to discuss. Did you notice at the very start of the movie, gun barrel sequence? I loved it. When James Bond shot loved the, it. the gun barrel sequence, there was no blood. Well, yeah, because he misses his target. And what happens when James Bond misses his target? What? He gets hit himself. Oh, okay. So that, that was, was a early... very, yeah, very early indicator there. Because when I was watching the movie, I'm like, where's the blood? What happened? But yeah, he obviously missed. So there you go. I thought that was very interesting, like a very interesting filmmaking choice there. But yeah, my thoughts on the movie. I was very nervous going in to see this movie because, mm. you know, anytime you go to see a movie that you're very hyped over, you know, you're a bit nervous on what you think it's going to be. And after Spectre, my, my hopes weren't that high. Even though I enjoyed Spectre for what it was, I was just like, well, after Spectre, my hopes aren't that high. He's just hoping I can, you know, have Enjoy some it. semi-decent action scenes and some semi-decent moments. Uh, I wasn't excited about the Billie Eilish theme song. wasn't excited about the Hans Zimmer score. I didn't mind we'll the get theme into song. It. We'll get into it. Didn't I didn't mind it at all. So, and the soundtrack I also liked. We'll get into it. I was sitting in the cinemas very nervous and I'd heard uh, like a fair bit of negative buzz. Like I've, I avoided all reviews. Really? I still haven't even read a single review. I wanted to get this episode out of the way and give my like honest opinion without hearing anybody else's opinion first. So I avoided all reviews, but you know, you can't avoid huge buzz around a movie. And some of the buzz I heard was fairly negative. So I was like, okay, it's not going to be that great. Uh, Went through the whole movie, was not expecting James Bond to be killed off at the end, was not expecting to have a child. Actually, that was spoiled for me years ago. Uh, Yes. We didn't mention it in the episode because we didn't want to spoil it. And also we didn't predict it. No. So James Bond has a daughter in the movie, which I wasn't expecting, but Someone did actually spoil that for me two years ago when the movie was still being made. Apparently that leaked. That was in one of the scripts that leaked, apparently, mm-hmm. which we obviously didn't read at all. But someone came up to me and was like, oh, what do you think about James Bond having a daughter in this new movie? And I'm like, why the fuck did you tell me that? I didn't know that. And, and, and so when they revealed the daughter in the movie, I was just like, oh, the daughter is in the movie. Because the whole time I was like, oh, there's no daughter in this movie. They must have been wrong. But then when they reveal it, I was like, oh, shit. Well, I was kind of worried because I, I knew this too. And- when Madeline was like underneath the ice and they said, oh, there's a there's a father who, yeah. you know, killed, you know, Safin's mother. I thought, I was like, oh shit, is Madeline actually James Bond's daughter? <laughs> the whole time. And when, and when, um, when Blofeld's well, like, I knew what was oh, happening there. I cannot wait until, until you find out the secret. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, James Bond has been having sex with his daughter. Like in Old Boy or something <laughs> like that. That would have been an interesting twist, but no, I knew just from watching Spectre so many times that this was a recreation of the, mm. you know, when Madeline first killed somebody, even though she didn't kill him. Yep. 
but yeah, I knew that was the case. But yeah, no, the the daughter reveal. I thought I, I thought it was done better than I was expecting. To me be too. I but yeah, I wasn't expecting him to have a daughter. Wasn't expecting him to be killed off. So when the movie ended and like the Louis Armstrong song played over the credits, you could have like you could have knocked me over with a feather. I was stunned. I was sitting in the cinema stunned. I was the last person to leave the cinema. I like just walked out very quietly. Walked down the street very quietly. Like went into a bar and stared at like a, a schooner of beer <laughs> for about twenty minutes, and then finished the beer. And then I was just like. That was great! <laughs> I had such a great time! Oh, yeah, and wow. I ended up really enjoying the movie. And I was so excited, I went and saw the movie again. You've seen it three times in total? No, right? no, no, no. I've seen it twice in total. Ah. Three times would be overkill. But <laughs> yeah, I saw it twice in the same week because I just enjoyed it so much. And the second time watching, I enjoyed it even more. Like I said, I was so like pumped the second time watching it. I couldn't believe it were at the end. I was actually sad. I was like, oh, it's almost over again. Now, in the original episode, I said... I'm not excited for the Billie Eilish theme song. Uh, I tell you what, it was fine. It, it was, was fine. It wasn't memorable at all. Now let's talk about this Harm can you, uh, Zimmer. Can you like, can, how did the Billie Eilish theme song no go? No time to die. Da, 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 Is that how it went? Da, da, da. I don't know. See, it's, <laughs> it's not memorable at all. It's no Skyfall. I just saw it once. No, it's so. no Skyfall. That's right. It's no Goldfinger. It's no, it's no Thunderball. It's just, yeah, it was good, but it was very forgettable. So I didn't hate it. But the Hans Zimmer score, that was the one thing that I was really worried about going into the movie. I was just like, he ruined so many perfectly good movies with his awful scores. I know that's an unpopular opinion, but I thought he did a great job with the score. The soundtrack was great. It was really good. There was a few moments where it was a bit, you know, but you know, far between though. It was fine. It was fine. It was actually a really good score for the most part. I really loved the score for this movie. I'm going to go out and buy the score. I liked it that much. Nice. But I have all the James Bond scores, so that's no real surprise there. Well, all the good ones anyway. I don't have Goldeneye, that's for sure. <laughs> that, that's still the worst fucking score <laughs> in James Bond history. But yeah, really like the Hans Zimmer score. That surprised me. I thought, like you, the way that they killed off Bond was was done fairly well. Mm. I mean, it seems a little silly now in the age of COVID. They're like, you know, oh, I've got I've got this disease now and I can't see my family member. Have you ever heard of like Google Meet or something like that, James Bond? You can do trivia with them over Zoom. He, he's James Bond, though. He if he's not having sex, like what's, yeah, what's the true. purpose of living? That's true. He can go sleep with somebody else. He can. <laughs> So I was just like, eh, seems a little like redundant, but I thought it tied in with the whole COVID scare pretty well. I thought the whole like fear of the nanobots, even though it was done before COVID. Do you think it was accident? It's got to be accidental. It was accidental. Right? That's why they delayed the movie so much is because there were too many parallels. Right. And they didn't want like, they didn't want the COVID scare to be in the movie and put people off. A lot of people think that it was done deliberately because of COVID as a reaction to COVID, but I thought it sort of worked into like the the fear mm. a lot. It, like it, it helped the tension in a lot of scenes because you think of it like in the same way you think COVID, transmitting COVID to your loved ones, yep. potentially killing them. It's something that we weren't really, it, w- it wouldn't be something that would have bothered us. It would have been something that we would have thought was silly pre-COVID. Yes. So I think that the whole real stakes there, I think that really helped the movie in a way, I guess. But Made yeah. it more real. Another thing I also appreciate about this movie is that it finally puts the multiple James Bond theory, fan theory, to bed. Mm. Because if that theory was true, then wouldn't Nomi's name be James Bond? Because the theory is any time a James Bond retires or is killed, they replace him with another 007 who is also called James Bond. But that's clearly not the case in this movie. Well, maybe all the... It's a stupid theory anyway. Maybe all the female James Bonds are called Nomi. And all the male James Bonds are called James Bond. But the theory is that 007 is always called James Bond. Yeah. 
So, I think they just made Nomi 007, not to replace James Bond, but just to show that that theory is silly and James Bond is the same person the whole time. Yeah. But, you know, anyway, it's a completely different universe to the previous films. Anyway, I think I'm confusing and boring everyone with these statements. But, yeah, ultimately, yes, I did like the movie. I, I liked it very much. I was very surprised by it. I'm actually really curious to hear what people didn't like about the movie. I want to hear people's opinions who didn't like the movie and why they didn't like it. A, a lot of people I've spoken to have said they've loved it. I've, I've only heard positive uh, praise for it, everyone. Yeah. It, so far, me too. I mean, like I said, I've been avoiding yeah. reviews just because I want to, you know, I I wanted to put my honest opinions out on the podcast unfiltered. I I have heard like whisperings of people not liking a quote unquote feminist agenda, but I don't I, see I it didn't in see this that movie. At all. I think people are reading too much into it. Yeah, I was absolutely fine with everything in the movie. And I think I, Phoebe Waller Bridge did a pretty good she job. Did a great job writing the movie. And if, if we were to sit down, if someone was to say to us, hey, they're going to bring out a James Bond movie and James Bond is going to have a kid, have a daughter, yep. which, you know, he's going to be uh, attached to and care about and also he's going to die. You'd yep. kind of be like, that sounds like it's going to suck. Yeah. Maybe some people were so like thrown off by that. That's what they didn't like. Like I said, I'm really curious to know what people's like negative opinions were on the movie. Like I'm more interested in finding out what people don't like about this movie than I am like agreeing with people who like it like me, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. So now that the shackles are released- Maybe people are just like, the nanobots thing is so stupid. Only yeah, an maybe. idiot would come up with that. Maybe. So I'm actually really excited to run out now, read all the bad reviews, <laughs> listen to every other podcast, because I've been avoiding every other James Bond podcast for months now. And you listen to all of them, That's right? That's right. So I can finally listen in and hear like anybody else's opinion and see if I agree. But yeah. your fave podcast is what they have I to say. I want to know why people didn't like this movie. And if you, the dear listener, didn't like this movie, please write in and let me know what you didn't like about it. If you liked the movie, write in and let me know what you liked about it because, you know, I want to know both things. Yeah. You can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. You can find us on our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or you can just simply leave us a comment on this episode's page on our Podbean site. That's right. We've done it again and we've done another really long James Bond episode. This one was always going to be really long. Yes, because we talked forever in that original episode, yep. so it was always going to be really long. Before we wrap it up for another week, let's talk about what movie we're going to be predicting the plot of next week. Let's. I think you're going to be maybe excited for this one, Manny D. Am I? I actually saw the trailer for this movie before James Bond, both times I saw it. <laughs> so it's still fresh in my mind. We're, we've but we've had a good run, right? We've had a few good movies. Yeah, that's right. You know, we've had Spider-Man. We talked about Spider-Man. We talked about James Bond. We talked about The Eternals. Like, <laughs> it's been all good. We're going to have some misses in there. Anyway. <laughs> what are you talking about? So next week, we're actually talking about the upcoming fourth installment in the Matrix uh, series, I suppose. This one's going to be a big one. The Matrix Resurrections. And can I say, this trailer is badass. Yes. I, it's got me pumped for it. And I, when I heard this announced, I didn't really care for it. I was like, Matrix, uh, take yeah, it or leave exactly. it. This trailer has made me excited. Yep. And Matty so, D, you better get studying that trailer because next week we are going to be teaming up to predict <laughs> the plot of that movie together. So if you're a Matrix fan, let us know your thoughts and theories. If not... Go watch that trailer. Let us know your thoughts and yes. theories because we're going to be coming in with our own, yes, our own oh, ideas boy. of what will happen, and and that's going to be a big, big task. Yes, it is because they can do literally anything. Yes. Oh, so if you if you weren't so excited about James Bond, I don't know how you made it so far into this episode, but if you're more excited for the Matrix, please join us next week for that. And yep. until then, because we're bringing back the Ghost Twins, that's what I'm yeah, that's right. as well. But yeah, until then, I'm going to get out of this suit. <laughs> Because doing a podcast in a fucking He's wearing suit. a white shirt and it's drenched with sweat. <laughs> Just because I'm so tense talking about, you know, James Bond. My yeah. God, this was a funny idea in my head, but really didn't work out. But until yeah. then, there's no time to die. And potential spoilers will return.
You're one of the most beautiful girls I've ever seen. Thank you. But I think my mouth is too big. No, it's the right size. For me, that is. Ah!